Well, welcome to another Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're going to talk about some really great opportunities that we have as Christians to bring our faith into the public square. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, is going to join me for the final half hour of the program with our monthly update, and that's always fun. Also, we're going to get into a couple of uh, points of maybe controversy with regard to who is going to vote for whom. And in particular, here in the People's Republic of California, what does this mean for uh, Gavin Newsom, our erstwhile governor, who has been <laughs> making a, a pretty good business for himself recently of what, what's the old, they do this on social media a lot. Tell me you're not running for president while you're running for president. Or tell me you're running for president while not telling me that you're running for president. Um, he has been getting a lot of press of late over the fact that uh, he looks like he's a candidate for president. As a matter of fact, I think it was even Politico or one of the leading left-leaning publications. They've been asked the question, why is Gavin Newsom running a shadow campaign against Joe Biden for the 2020 to our 2024 presidency uh, an interesting question and a fair enough one um, but what I think the real issue here is when we saw the Republican debate last week last Wednesday and basically there were f five candidates there who were debating but actually six ostensibly running because of President Trump who now is beginning to pull away I mean uh, Ron DeSantis looked like a, a good bet but uh, unlike 2016 when Donald Trump kept going after that gang of 18 or whomever were you know Carly Fiorina, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio you'll notice that Senator Cruz, Senator Rubio they're not running for president. There's a really deep bench within uh, Republican circles but we don't see that deep bench showing up. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley sure, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy sure and, and uh, to his credit I think uh, Vivek Ramaswamy had the best line of the night uh, a, couple, a week ago at the uh, debate where he basically said, uh, Ronald McDaniel, you're the reason why the GOP keeps losing. Donald Trump won in 2016, but then midterms in 2018, losses by the GOP. Uh, presidential election in 2020, losses by the GOP. Midterms in 2022, losses by the GOP. And now the, uh, the midterm midterms from last Tuesday where abortion won big and the GOP lost big. So who is going to be the president? Well, it's becoming clearer and clearer right now that barring any unforeseen circumstances, the ticket, I'm making this prediction today here on November 14th, 2023, we're just under a year away from the election. I'm making the prediction that Donald Trump will get the nomination and Nikki Haley will be his vice presidential candidate. And I, I don't see anything uh, that's keeping that ticket from happening. And quite frankly, if that's the tip, ticket against Joe and Kamala, I think it's a slam dunk for the Republicans. I really honestly do. There's enough venom on both sides of the aisle against Donald Trump that would keep him from being elected. But here's the reason why I make this bold prediction. The one thing the media has not been paying attention to is the fact that the reason Donald Trump won in the first place back in 2016 was the fact that he was actually able to appeal to two different groups in, in spite of the GOP. Not everybody in the conservative Christian movement was voting for Donald Trump. A lot of people sat out the election in 2016. And by the way, if you are as a Christian, and again, I, I'm not assuming that everyone who listens to the Bottom Line Show is a born-again believer, but we know just anecdotally from the research and information we get when you call in or if you go to events or this, that, and the other thing, the vast majority of the people who listen to this program are Christians. 
If you are an unbeliever and you're listening, I'm grateful that you tuned in. I really honestly am. And I hope that you find something that keeps you coming back. And eventually, I hope that you, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the goal of our faith in Christ, of course, is to live for the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, God says, thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're here to do, to go into all the world and make disciples. But obviously, if you don't feel led to become a disciple just yet, um, I would ask two questions. Number one, why not? <laughs> I mean, the world is getting crazy. The Lord's return is coming soon. But secondly, why not? What, what leads you here? And if you, as a listener or an unbeliever right now, drop me a line at roger at the, uh, the bottom line show.com and I would love to have that conversation with you. Because quite frankly, life is too short. Life is too short for petty bickering. Life is too short for dilly-dallying around issues that really are non-issues. And quite frankly, we are at the point in our nation's history where I believe that those who would say, I could never vote for Donald Trump because he's just a horrible candidate and he's a bad person and this, that, and the other thing, um, they actually need to go back to yesterday's broadcast and hear my conversation with Stephen Strang because he was one of the first guys when Trump won in 2016. He wrote a book about God and Donald Trump. He said, okay, what does this all mean? What is God saying to us about the fact that Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016? Uh, really was a few contested elections away from repeating in 2020, but now that sets the stage for here we are in 2024. And of course, the left will do everything they can to keep his name in the public just long enough to where people will think he might have a shot at it, but then they'll try to torpedo the campaign with, I mean, th at least uh, Minnesota, I think, is the state where they tried and the Supreme Court tossed it. Uh, they, they didn't pull any punches. They didn't say, we're going to come up with this, you know, tax fraud thing or business overstating things or Miralago rate or whatever. They just said, we don't want him on the ballot. <laughs> it's really very simple. Make him, make him go away. Orange man, bad. We don't want Donald Trump to run. And I appreciate their honesty. I really honestly do. I don't think it's the right thing to do or say to a candidate, but you know, quite frankly, he, he's obnoxious. He's annoying to certain people, but that shouldn't disqualify him from being able to run for president again. He did a pretty good job as president and he was able to appeal to enough Republicans, but also the centrists, the moderate, if you will. And then the Democrat who said, I'm not sure that Hillary Clinton is who I wanted to vote for. That's who Donald Trump won over in 2016. In 2020, he did suffer from something that's kind of interesting. The fact that he, his vote count went from 63.5 million in 2016 to 74 million in 2020, which is pretty remarkable. But then the Democrats went from 66 million votes for Hillary Clinton in 2016 to 81 million in 2020. Yeah, you just can't make those numbers up. But Donald Trump is determined to run again. He's determined to win. He is the odds-on favorite to get the GOP nomination. And he picked up a very interesting endorsement last week. A man by the name of Mark Fisher, kind of an ordinary sounding name, not necessarily someone that you would think of as being a staunch Donald Trump supporter. But let me tell you his background and why his endorsement makes so much headline, if you will, why it's so impacting. Mark Fisher is the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter chapter in the state of Rhode Island. Uh, this is a guy who was recently interviewed by someone called Kim Iverson. I'm not familiar with the Kim Iverson program. But during the interview, 
um, Mr. Fisher was asked to defend remarks that he'd made earlier that President Trump is, quote, the best candidate we have. Uh, Mr. Fisher replied, the reason is because everybody else stinks. I mean, I think that's that's fair enough. He said, look, this is the Black Lives Matters co-founder for the Rhode Island chapter, Mark Fisher, saying, uh, I appreciate President Trump for being straightforward. I see a lot of hypocrisy in the uh, in the Democrat Party right now. So when Ms. Iverson sought to clarify Mr. Fisher's response, asking, well, does that mean that you think that when you say all the candidates stink, is that including Donald Trump, that he's just kind of the lesser of two evils? He said, look, here's the deal. And I'm quoting him here. I like Trump. I think right now who we have sitting in the Oval Office is a disappointment. He expressed his disdain for Joe Biden also adding that he really dislikes Vice President Kamala Harris as well. So um, when that comment about the incumbent and the vice president, Ms. Iverson suggested that maybe he was probably the lone person in the BLM movement who thinks that way, to which Mr. Fisher responded, nope, I feel like the tide is starting to turn. There are a lot of black people who are starting to pivot off of that Democrat plantation. We've been slaves for too long. That's a direct quote from him. Now, it's interesting because when you think about that, that, that term, the Democrat plantation, you, it harkens back to Candace Owens, of course, the book that she wrote called Blackout, How Black America Can Make Its Second Escape from the Democrat Plantation. That was published back in 2019. But what's interesting is uh, Mr. Fisher, uh, Mark Fisher, the former uh, co-founder of Black Lives Matter in Rhode Island, gave an interview with the Epic Times, and he said, I, I support the people who took part in the January 6th Capitol breach. He said, I, I, the legacy media has been pushing the narratives that sow division. He said, quote, they are like lambs led to the slaughter to be sacrificed as an example for all who might want to dissent in the future. This is what the government does to those who express independent thought and want to stand up for what they believe. He said, I think that the legacy media does not want us to unite around liberty. So it's interesting. Now remember, uh, Mr. Fisher's remarks have come right on the heels of the fact that Donald Trump has widened his lead over President Biden. Um, It's not a huge lead, but it is big. CNN conducted a poll last week. uh, In a head-to-head competition, Trump versus Biden, it's Trump 49%, Biden 45%. When that same poll was carried out in August, it was Trump 47, Biden 46. So he has, in fact, widened his lead somewhat. Robert Bigelow, who is the biggest donor to Ron DeSantis' president campaign, he's a real estate tycoon in Nevada, has said now that he wants to back President Trump because he's the strongest commander. So what does it mean to see members of Black Lives Matter coming out against the Democrat Party and especially against the first African-American female vice president ever, Kamala Harris? Well, maybe, just maybe, we're seeing a, t- a turn in the tide, not just for those who are uh, part of the uh, political world, but maybe the nation on the whole. Years ago, there was a book written by a young guy by the name of Benjamin Watson. Uh, Benjamin Watson was a professional football player for a number of years. He uh, retired after, I believe, a 16-year career in the NFL. 
And at the height of some of the racial tensions of the mid-2010s, he wrote a book called Under Our Skin, Getting Real About Race, Getting Free from the Fears and Frustrations that Divide Us. Link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's got over 1,000 reviews, and most all of them are five stars. Uh, at the recent National Religious Broadcasters Convention, when it was held in Dallas not too long ago, had a chance to meet Benjamin in person and have a conversation with him about this very issue. Let's review that conversation coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. From the convention floor here at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, uh, Roger Marsh for The Bottom Line Show, joined for this segment by Benjamin Watson, a member of the Human Coalition, but also a member of Super Bowl championship teams. And actually, a, you're the first first-round draft choice we've ever had on this program. So <laughs> Benjamin Watson, great to have you on the program. Hey, good today. to be here with you. I love the fact that you are not only passionately pro-life, but you're also pro-procreation as well. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids do you and Kirsten have now? Uh, we have seven. Kirsten, have my se- wife, and I, we have seven kids, ranging from ages uh, 12 down to 2. Wow. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, so they're they're all they're all packed in there. We have a school bus that we get around in, and uh, <laughs> we we have a we have a good time. Yeah, uh, it's a busy house, but it's it's a good house. I bet. What was it like for? I mean, you, you've retired from the NFL now. Yep. You had a very distinguished career, and uh, you, you were a very outspoken pro-life advocate and family and conservative values while you played in the NFL. Um, what was it like making the transition and how was it for her when you guys were, you'd come home, off-season, have a kid, go back to training camp? I mean, I, I don't want to oversimplify well, well, it. Quite but. honestly, Roger, it was it was difficult at times. I mean, to, to um, you know, have a kid. I mean, our, our, our last, so I played 16 years and my last year was in New England, and we were living in New Orleans before that. We had identical twin boys in April, mm. and then moved across the country to New England. And then, yes, I went to training camp. I left <laughs> her with seven kids and two uh, twin infants. And so oh. there was definitely some, some difficult times. I mean, um, the transition over the last year has been has had its, its ups and downs. I mean, look, all of us faced some challenges sure. when it came to COVID in 2020 and 2021. Um, specifically for me, it's kind of reinventing um, – what your life's work is going to be yeah. uh, in some respects and and maybe you know continuing some things and you know for, for any athlete or anybody who spent a lot of time doing something for a long time there's a transition there and I've dealt with that. I'm still dealing with that. I'll bet. I'll yeah. bet. Because it wasn't just the pro game. I mean, people forget. You played college. You played yeah. high school. You played peewee. I mean, this has been your exactly. life. You know? Yeah. You turn. You turn. You play till you're 39 and turn 40, and then it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? Um, but the great thing is, I mean, my wife, Kirsten, she is very, very uh, supportive. She's doing a lot of stuff with the organization called Mom Life Today. She's mm-hmm. executive editor. She's writing her books. We're parenting the seven kids. I'm here with Human Coalition. I've been working with them um, as VP of Strategic Relationships over the last several months. Um, and so God has been good. Like God, God has, has sh- he showed up um, tremendously with, with uh, relationships that I, I didn't know existed and just people in general, opportunities. Um, and so in the times when I felt like, Lord, um, I don't know what to do. I, <laughs> I'm totally confused. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm on the verge of depression. Um, he's always sent a lifeline. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Benjamin Watson with me today here on the Bottom Line Show. We are at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters Convention. And I have to say, and I mean this most sincerely, I love your photos. You guys are a very photogenic family. But for someone who played professional football for 16 years, throw some college on top of that and just that and the other thing, no disrespect intended. I expect you to be a lot more banged up. I mean, you look like you stepped right out of a fashion magazine, dude. I mean, talk about the regimen that you had. I mean, yeah. and then you go home to seven kids. So it's not like you, you know, you and your wife are traveling all over the place and doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see God's presence in your life and the fact that he's preserved you and given you this new season with yeah. a lot of energy, too. 
Um, well, thank you for that because I don't feel like I have a lot of energy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, by God's grace, I mean, we, we, we're in the throes of, chi- of, of child rearing right now, and yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, by, by 7.30, when we put our kids to bed, between 7.30 and 8, even the older ones, like, we both go to the bed and just fall out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, football was rough. I, yeah. I had about seven surgeries. I had multiple head injuries. I, um, but I'm very stubborn and, mm-hmm. uh, and resilient and, and like to try to stay in some sort of shape because I got kids I got to chase after. Yes, you do. Um, but but uh, we, we my, my, my wife loves to say manna for the day. Mm. Like, Lord, give us manna for the day. I love that. And we wake up in the morning and we have our coffee because we drink coffee now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, do the stuff with the kids, take them to school or the ones we have at home. It's like, Lord, let me get us through, the, through this day. Yeah. And um, he, he's, he, he's been faithful, uh, but it, has, it hasn't been easy, for yeah. sure, as you know. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's challenging. Three for me, and I didn't play yeah. pro football, but uh, <laughs> I, I could feel for you guys. Yeah. Um, talk about your relationship with your wife. I mean, very, very strong bond, obviously. It has to be for that many kids and to put up, you know, as an NFL wife on top of that. Where did you guys meet? How did it come together for we you? We met um, at University of Georgia. I okay. uh, started off at Duke University, transferred to University of Georgia, uh, we met around 2001, and um, we graduated together in 03. I was finance, she was marketing, so we sat beside each other in mm-hmm. Terry Business School at University of Georgia, and um, it was one of those situations where um, it was time to make some decisions. You know, are you going to go long-term, or are we going to break up? She started working in corporate America. I got drafted by the Patriots, so we were in two different areas of the country. Um, and then we got engaged and married in 2005. We met in college, and honestly, the first three years, it's like, do I really like her? Does she really like me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we still get that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have found that the more we pursue the Lord individually, um, the more we chase after him, the more we try to exhibit fruits of the spirit, the more we're honest and intentional with each other and with our fam- with our kids, um, the closer we are. Um, Beautiful. And, and that's been that's been our journey. We recently started a podcast called Why or Why Not with the Watsons, and we talk about marriage, parenting, um, you know, our journey, just encouraging other parents out there and just other people in general when it comes to to relationships. I mean, you know, there's an assault on marriage, there's yes, an assault on yes. relationships. There's always always has been. This right. is not new in the United States. Right. This is since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. When Satan came in the garden, he went after relationship to disrupt that. And so we still deal with that. So we try to encourage other couples um, when it comes to this this most important uh, union of, of marriage. Yeah, it certainly is. Benjamin Watson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. You, the, the VP of your Human Coalition. Human Coalition, yes. Uh, Human Coalition. We've got a link for their uh, information up at thebottomlineshow.com. As you think about, and you had an op-ed about this in, in Newsweek not too long ago, and I'm grateful that they published it because, I mean, I, I, I was talking to Jeremy Dice from First Liberty, and he said, yeah, it's tough, Newsweek. I mean, the editorial stuff is really, really more left-leaning and to get a conservative voice in and to talk about the things that you did. You talked about the, the culture of life that you want to see you know, really uh, promoted here in yeah. the United States. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, um, you know with Human Coalition and, and even with, with Pinkston, uh, you know, our group that we, we work with for, for placing some of those op-eds, have done a tremendous job, not only for myself, but for uh, Dean Nelson is another one who mm-hmm. writes op-eds and Chelsea Union, she writes op-eds. And look, um, you know, the article was simply about the decline in birth rate. And yeah. so a recent report came out talking about the fact that uh, here in the United States, we are at, I believe, the lowest we've ever been when it comes to, to, to our birth rate, or the number of births, 3.6 million children being born. Um, and then when you look at the issue of abortion and the fact that between 860,000 and a million children are aborted every year, 
that number is about 25% of that larger number. Mm. And so we have a declining birth rate. We have um, an abortion number that stays in the million range every single year. It's, it's, uh, it, it's quite difficult to pass on the, the faith, the social capital to the next generation and have a culture of life when you're de- declining. And, and we as parents face pressures not to have a certain amount of kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you know as much as I do, there's yeah. an idea once you get past 2.2 kids, like yeah. what are you doing? Well, you're right, going to ruin right, your right. life. Yeah. And the Bible says the opposite. The Bible says that children are a heritage from the Lord. Amen. It said that they are a blessing. Didn't say they are easy. It said that they are a blessing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes blessings. What's that Laura Story song? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. But what's crazy is I've never heard someone say, I wish I had less kids. Mm, I just yeah. haven't heard it. Right. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Right. But I don't care if you are left, right, conservative, progressive, in general. I never heard anybody say that especially as they get older in age. So children truly are a blessing. Um, and so my hope is to see a culture where we um, support families, support children, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to my work with Human Coalition, which is you know pro-life organization. We have direct services as well as advocacy. Um, we know that 75% of women who are intending to abort would rather parent if the circumstances were different. Right. And so what that says to me is to really have a culture of life you have to support those that are giving life. Amen. You have to meet them where they are, whether they are wealthy or poor, whether they are Christian or not. It doesn't matter. What are their needs? How do you as an organization, how do we as individuals, when it comes to uh, finances, when it comes to um, education or job opportunities or housing, all those sorts of things, how do we come alongside women who are intending to abort if we're going to say, that we desire for you to keep your children because we believe children are a blessing right. and life is worth protecting. Right. It was like I was talking to Lila Rose of Live Action yesterday, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I said, you know, we've tried to we've moved the pro-life organization mantra from pro-birth to pro-life, and she said, well, don't forget, pro-birth is still good. I said, well, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, absolutely is. But you're yeah. right, the pro- pro-life message that you're talking about looks at everything. It looks at the yeah. whole situation. It's it's Alveda King with her pro-woman, pro-baby. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's every, it's a lot more comprehensive. Yeah. And you're a voice for a new generation in the pro-life movement and we're happy to have your voice here on the program today. Benjamin Watson, my guest today here on the bottom line with the Human Coalition, of course, NFL star and heading for the Hall of Fame, yes? <laughs> right. not, not in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe in some other Hall of Fame. I, I want to be in a Hall of Faith, maybe that. Okay, there we go. There we go. We'll put a link for It'll Human... be a surprise to me. Yeah, we'll put a link for Human Coalition up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. 
Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we know that race is going to be one of the uh, calling cards, especially for the Democrat Party, uh, with regard to whether or not uh, this is a viable, uh, you know, do we have a way to bring America together? Remember, Joe Biden ran in 2020, said he wanted to bring the nation together. He's actually sown the seeds of even more division, racial, economic, religious, and otherwise. And Benjamin Watson, former NFL star, pro-life advocate, wrote a book on this topic of how we could at least stand up in the body of Christ for the racial tension and reconciliation part of the component there. The book is called Under Our Skin, Getting Real About Race, Getting Free from the Fears and Frustrations that Divide Us. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of the book to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's interesting. I was reading through um, some of the comments that uh, you as our listeners uh, make when you contact us here at the Bottom Line Show. And the one I get more often than any other is Roger gives the phone number too fast. <laughs> Can you give the phone number a bit more slowly? So here we go. Benjamin Watson, the book is called Under Our Skin, Getting Real About Race, Getting Free from the Fears and Frustrations that Divide Us. We do have a copy of this book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. If you're in Southern California, remember that spells out 800-227-KBRT. All right. Um, anyway. We have one copy of Benjamin Watson's book, Under Our Skin, to give away. Crystal would love to hear from you and take your call and get you in the drawing for this book. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of this break, uh, more of my conversation with NFL star Benjamin Watson talking about racial reconciliation in the church but also at the polls. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues in just a moment been hurt in an accident and you're wondering if you should call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. You must. That's why insurance exists to cover accidents. So you should use it. Stephanie worked in the insurance industry for over 20 years and she knows their system, how to talk to adjusters, how they think, and how to get back from them all that you've lost. That could be wages, time, property, or anything else that the accident has taken from you. Every minute you wait hurts your chance to be made whole again. And Stephanie knows that the opposing insurance company is building a case against you, so time is a factor. Stephanie cares about the truth. She builds your case on a rock-solid foundation of honesty. She will give you a clear understanding of what to expect during the process, and Stephanie will ensure that the truth comes to light. If you or someone you know has been in an accident and you're not sure if you need an attorney, Reach out to Stephanie Cover now at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Continuing conversation today here at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention and Benjamin Watson, my guest. Did you like playing the Cowboys? You know, a funny story. So my, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, and my aunt loves football and she loves the Cowboys. Throughout my entire NFL career, I played in New England, played in uh, Baltimore, New Orleans, and Cleveland. Whenever we would play the Cowboys, I would get a text from her or a voicemail. <laughs> and she would say, Benjamin, good luck tomorrow. Mm. I hope you do well. But go Cowboys. <laughs> like, it never failed every single time. I and then after that, the game, though. if we beat the Cowboys, yeah. she'd be like, oh, you'd be my team. If not, she'd be like sending me cowboy emojis. And mm-hmm. so um, Texas is a special place. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is, you know, everything's bigger. Everything's greater. You go yeah. to Jerry World. 
the game is an afterthought. You know, mm-hmm. you're sitting there on the sideline in, in the stadium, and you're looking at this huge screen, and you're looking at people dancing on the side. You're looking at cars on a carousel, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a football game going on because it's kind of an afterthought right, because right. of all the entertainment that's going on. Um, but it is one of those, you know, storied franchises that, um, you know, everybody knows about the Cowboys. You can go anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and people know about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. People know about the teams, and I love the fact that there was a healthy, friendly rivalry. You still love your aunt, you know, even though of she had the, that. Of course. Of course you did. And, and I would like, one of the things I love about your social media work is that you work to bridge gaps. Preach the truth. It do, doesn't take a partisan type of shape to it. Some people might go, oh, he's a conservative, or he's a Republican, or he's a Democrat, <laughs> or he's whatever. Yeah. I don't know what you are, and I don't really care. You're Benjamin Watson, and I think that's yeah. great. Because I know what your, where your values are. I know where your heart mm-hmm. is. And I, and I think that that's, that's important. Um, you had a documentary here at NRB last year, right yeah. before the pandemic shut down, shut everything yeah. down. Talk about that documentary. Yeah, our documentary um, came out last year. It's called Divided Hearts of America. Um, really, uh, in light of what happened in, Ju- in January of 2019 with the Reproductive Health Act in New York, and you kind of saw mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, people and in, in states on both sides of the aisle ramping up for what they thought may be some sort of overturn of Roe v. Wade because – if Roe v. Wade is overturned, which you know many people hope it does, and and, and you know think that there may be a path towards that, mm-hmm. uh, the decision about uh, abortion will come to the states. And so you saw this ramping up, and in the midst of all this, as we talk about bridging gaps and divides, and the divide when it comes to abortion in our country, um, you know I wanted to go on kind of a journey to hear from America about what what we actually think about this this issue, mm-hmm. because if you look at cable news it's like way on the left or way on the right Right, and a lot of america is in between uh with a lot of different nuance in how they view the issue um so i interviewed about 30 to 40 different people in sectors of faith um people in business people that are in politics uh talked to people who were you know kind of public figures people in medicine i spoke with people who had actually worked in abortion clinics one lady um you know talked about all the abortions that she had actually conducted while she was working uh, at an abortion clinic and has since uh, become pro-life. And so people who have survived abortions. And and so um, the whole goal there was to bring some sort of humanity and empathy to the conversation. Like we can be people who are staunchly against the murder of unborn children in the womb, but also extend love and charity to the mother. We can speak about her in a way that is respectful we can speak to those who are you know pro-choice if you're pro-life or pro-life if you're pro-choice i speak to them about them as people who are are human beings even though we vehemently disagree on a very 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 important issue right. Right. um and so that was the film the film is um you know available now for uh, vod uh download it's on you know prime video and all those downloadable sites we're actually making dvds right now to manufacture and distribute um but that was the goal and the great thing is that, you know, the feedback was, look, we talked about the history of abortion, how we got here, where we need to go, um, what are the dangers, what what does the procedure even look like, mm. how should we be speaking about this, what are some of the words and some of the ideas that kind of cover up over what's actually happening um, in a way that is really big in truth. We were trying to search for truth in a world that is kind of full of trends and facades, especially on this issue. It's amazing how many people would say, I'm pro-choice, until they actually see even a description of what an abortion procedure looks like. And then they'll turn around and say, 
That's ridiculous. That's I mean, it, yeah. what, that's crazy. I mean, exactly. it'll, it'll change people's lives. I mean, exactly. I think of Abby Johnson's testimony. I mean, yeah. that, that's a powerful one too. And I'm glad you're you're adding that to the uh, the conversation. Benjamin Watson with us today here on the Bottom Line Show uh, with the Human Coalition. HumanCoalition.org is up at our Bottom Line Show website. Um, there's been a lot of speaking of uh, you know unrest and change. I mean, there's been a lot going on in the culture probably in the last decade with regard to racial reconciliation mm -hmm. or the lack thereof, yeah. um, social justice, things like that. You've kind of stepped stepped your toe in the water in that a little bit as mm -hmm. well. Do you feel a, a calling to do that? And and if so, what what do you see as a positive? What do you see, see as are the negatives right now? Well, the negatives are too big to mention. <laughs> Stick with the positives. You yeah. know, I, I think that um, the negatives. I don't really consider there to be much negative other than people not being willing to listen and to learn and to lament mm -hmm. and to love each other. That That's a negative, but even that allows you to know where the harvest truly is. Yes. Amen. Every word isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. What I've tried to be discerning in is how do I use my words and where do I use them and on whom do I use them? Amen. Some people don't want to hear any truth. Right. They don't want to, and, and that's, that's their prerogative. Yeah. Um, but there are a large swath of people who, who do and who, and who care. They are just ill-equipped to engage. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, 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 that much of, you know, in, in many ways, like you mentioned, when people see the act of an abortion, it, it kind of grips them, and mm -hmm. they, they are, they're like, wow, I need to reconsider how I feel about this. Right. I think it's the same way when it comes to race in our country. We are severely deficient in knowledge. And that's not black or white. That's just America in yes. general. Amen. We, you know, even I can speak from my generation about what I learned in school. Mm -hmm. I can speak to my, my, my dad's generation about what he told me he was taught and what he wasn't taught. Mm -hmm. And so part of our issue is we don't really understand how we got here. And so if you wake up and you see all this back and forth on race and you don't have any backstory, you don't, you don't have any context, mm -hmm. it makes it difficult for you to make an accurate assessment right. of is there an issue or is there not. Right. So, so even over the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So even over the last, you know, 2020 and talking to people and, you know, for the most part, many of my black friends have a better understanding than my white friends, but that's not always the case because we're all American mm -hmm. and we all have suffered from what we haven't been told. Right, right. And so part of the, the journey, I believe, is encouraging people to research, to, to learn, to read, to try to discover what was taught and what wasn't taught and how was it taught and why was it taught that way. And so then we can come in this kind of, we can come in this arena and hash it out yeah. about yeah. housing and about incarceration and about policing and about voting and about all these things that touch on the race issue. But it's difficult to do that if we don't have the same platform. And for me, it is about justice. The same way I stand for the preborn child, I'd see that as another justice issue. Absolutely, and they're not a either or, it's a both and. Yeah. And I appreciate what you said about the knowledge and the information, because I'm finding the people that I'm talking to about the very issues you're discussing, it becomes a north or south or west or east, or it isn't mm. even so much about yeah. our, our ethnicity. People of all different backgrounds are saying, man, I never heard that, but then I grew up in California. We taught about the gold rush and the and the, the missions and all that stuff, and nobody nobody heard about Juneteenth or the Tulsa race massacre. <laughs> exactly. You, you didn't tell, so yeah. you, you can't really go uh, 
criticize somebody for not knowing something they didn't ta weren't taught. Yeah. But as you duly noted, there's that whole thing where how many times in Scripture does Jesus say, "Him who has ears to hear, let him hear." Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. just it. And we know that in yes. a culture that's anti-God, because we're post-Christian now, mm -hmm. um, Jesus is the enemy, and anybody who follows him is. Yeah. There are going to be people who just want to be emotional and not rational. You're right. You know? You're exactly right. And and so, we, so we need wisdom. Yeah, we exactly. need wisdom. We need wisdom. We don't compromise. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, it, it, depending on what I talk about, I'm Democrat or Republican or conservative or, or progressive, and and I understand that we all have our we all have our bent. We all have our our background. You know, none of us is, is truly, you know, just altruistic and not influenced by by something right 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 agreed but but what i try to do is to be is to adhere as much as i can to to the truth as i know it yeah. and try to discover where i'm wrong mm -hmm. you know if you talk about being pro-life then there's one crowd that likes you if you talk about being pro-justice when it comes to the 10 to 1 wealth gap in america between black and white and the reasons why redlining may have led to that mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden you're 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 on the left, and mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no. I just want I just want there to be an end to oppression, as we talk about in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. I want to speak for the voices, like we talk about in Proverbs. Yes. I want to stand for justice and righteousness and kindness, like I talk like we talked about in Jeremiah. Amen. I want to stand for 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 justice and mercy and walk humbly before God, like we talk about in Micah. Yes. That's all I'm trying to do. Right. Right. And unfortunately, you know, things get politicized and they need to be because we need legislation for sure. 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 But my hope is specifically to Christians that we are able to decipher through through the, through, through the red and the blue and the tribes and try to do the best for people. And through repentance and forgiveness, Amen. find ways to bridge those gaps. Because it's not easy. And look, people have been dealing with this forever. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. right. like this ain't no new problem. <laughs> yes. When Jesus said, you've always, you know, the poor is always going to be among you, you know, deal with me when I am right now. <laughs> yeah. I, he wasn't kidding. I mean, yeah. there, there are problems that aren't going to be solved this side They're of heaven. Not. But I, I love what you just said about the fact you said, I'm willing to be wrong. You know, I, I want to do the research. And if, I, if I'm if i wrong in some way, I want to be corrected. I want to yeah. be correctable because then you can move forward with that. And if more people were had that attitude, it's amazing to think what kind of good we could accomplish, especially in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful yeah. that you're a voice. Are you speaking anywhere? Are you preaching anywhere? I'd love to hear you in the pulpit, brother. <laughs> well, I just did. Yeah. Actually, I don't preach very often, but I just had the opportunity to speak at my father's church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Oh, okay. um, he pastors a church there. And nice. for Father's Day, we came home and he asked me to preach. It's probably the most nervous I've been in a I'll long bet, time. I'll bet. Yeah, so a couple of days ago I was there and uh, I preached about fatherhood, um, which was great. But I do I do speaking from time to time and some other things. But That's neat. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a new chapter of life. Going back to the first part of our conversation, yeah, yes. a new chapter of life, but one that I'm excited about. It's a, well, it's an exciting one, and we uh, tend to be your biggest fans here at the Bottom Line Show, putting everything up online. Benjamin Watson, Vice President with the Human Coalition. Uh, the podcast, again, is called You and Why or Why Not with the Watson? Okay, Why or Why? <laughs> not with the Watsons. I love it. We'll have a link for that up at thebottomlineshow.com as well as information about Under Our Skin and any other books coming out. The New Dad's Playbook came out several years ago, okay. but um, it's really what to expect when she's expecting for guys. Right. Well, you should do a follow-up to that because now you've got seven <laughs> kids, know, buddy. I know. I mean, need come to on. do a follow-up for sure. <laughs> Great. Great to get to know you. Benjamin Watson, thanks for being with us today here on thanks, The Bottom Thanks, Great conversation. It was such an honor and privilege to spend some time with Ben Watson. Uh, Benjamin Watson was at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas a couple of years ago, and we had a chance to talk about uh, life and faith in his new book called Under Our Skin, 
Getting Real About Race, Getting Free from the Fears and Frustrations that Divide Us. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of the book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have one copy of this great book by Benjamin Watson. It's called Under Our Skin, Getting Real About Race, Getting Free from the Fears and Frustrations that Divide Us. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, it is Super Tuesday, and you know what that means. We've got a California update about the shadow campaign that's being run by, yeah, you know, (laughs) <laughs> that guy who's governing as the governor of California who says, I'm not running for president, but even Politico says, yeah, well, it sure looks like you're running a shadow campaign. Well, a couple of years ago, Gavin Newsom fended off an attack that was uh, designed to unseat him as the governor of California. And then, of course, he won re-election last year. So what do Californians think? about the fact that he recently did an ad buy in South Carolina, that he's been running ads in Texas and Mississippi and Florida, basically saying, hey, look, if you want the kind of values that we hold dear as progressives and leftists, come to California. Well, is it possible that these are actually working well for him in the Southland and even in Northern California, but they might actually not be working to his advantage here in his own state? We'll take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Benjamin Watson, former NFL superstar, pro-life advocate, and the author of the great book called Under Our Skin. This is a book that's been, re- it was released in 2016, but then it's been updated a couple times since then. It's, a, it's an idea that we in the body of Christ can get real about racial reconciliation, how it really needs to happen, uh, starting in the church first and foremost. And of course, during an election year, it's a very interesting uh, con- uh, topic of conversation. We do have a copy of this book to give away, but I should point out, if you call in today, I know we have everyone Wednesday on Wednesday, but if you do call in today and you say, wow, I really was hoping for that book. If you're a first time caller and you've never won anything from us because you've never called us before, I know Crystal has other things. That pri- this is just between us, okay? Don't tell her I told you this, okay? Uh, we have other prizes. We got lots of other prizes. We have a whole wall full of books and CDs and things like that. If you really want to win something, I know we do this on Wednesday, but if you want to win something, I encourage you to call. Maybe the Benjamin Watson book isn't your thing. That's fine. We've got lots of other resources. And I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, they're all beneficial and they're doing us absolutely no good sitting on the shelf back at Joel's office. So Joel's big office too. It's filled with books. So we want to help you get a hold of these resources and be edified. So give us a call. We'll kind of make it everyone wins Tuesday today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. In 2020, Gavin Newsom took a hold of the reins of the COVID pandemic and really made a name for himself. Remember, there were six counties in the Bay Area that were declaring states of emergency, kind of full-blown lockdown. The pandemic was just about to be announced, I believe, or it had been already the World Health Organization had announced it. And Gavin Newsom seized on what they did. The day after these six counties, the supervisors there said, we're going to basically shut down uh, this part of the Bay Area for 15 days. Remember, 15 days to stop the spread. Gavin Newsom went to the public press and said, I'm making it a statewide mandate. And that kicked off just 
the, uh, just a firestorm of controversy and criticism. You had a lot of people saying, way to go, take control, show leadership, uh, that we're so happy. And then other people have said, wait a minute, you can't do that. Why are you doing this? Executive order this and executive order that. By the end of the day, uh, it was Kevin Kiley and James Gallagher, a couple of assemblymen, uh, wound up taking him to court on behalf of the state taking him to court. And he lost twice in the California State Supreme Court 47 executive orders that Gavin Newsom issued in the first few months of the pandemic were ruled unconstitutional. Now, one of them was he decided unilaterally that California would vote by mail. That's not his job. This is right before the California legislatures were going to reconvene. They did three days after he issued the executive order and they passed legislation that said, we're gonna do this by mail. Caters to the Democrat base, gives them a better chance of getting a higher voting turnout. And oh, by the way, why not? Most registered voters in any state in the union, let's make sure that all of their ballots are just sitting in a mailbox unprotected. And oh, you don't think anybody would steal those things, do you? Well, over the past, I, I thought for sure he was, he was bucking toward, he was heading toward becoming Joe Biden's vice presidential running mate. That uh, Biden from Delaware and Newsom from California would get the job done. But Democrats, BB to the punch, they could not resist the, the idea of having a woman of Jamaican and Indian descent, who is a woman, did I mention she's a woman? Kamala Harris checked off more boxes than Gavin Newsom in the social justice criteria, and so therefore she got the nod, not him. A year later, Gavin Newsom was fighting for his political life because there was a recall effort that was mounted, and fortunately it actually went to a vote. Unfortunately, the only people who voted to recall Gavin Newsom were the people basically who signed the deal. And so he was riding a wave of popularity in 2022 when Roe versus Wade was overturned in Mississippi's Dobbs versus Jackson case. Gavin Newsom was at the ready. He was running ads saying, hey, if you're in Florida and you don't like those heartbeat bills, come to California where you can still kill your kid on demand. Your insurance might even pay for it. I mean, literally, it's like he single-handedly tried to invent the abortion tourism industry. And then there's the transgender issue. How many young people are being mutilated? I mean, California is a state where we have actually have provided something like $4 million to people in the LGBTQ community who are in prison and want to change gender. Now, it, I won't get into the history of why that's been going on in California prisons for years, primarily men uh, taking estrogen and making themselves more feminized while they're in. That's just a quick observation. But now the idea that a guy can commit a series of crimes, declare, I want to be a woman, get put into a women's jail and wind up creating, uh, I've talked to some victims, it's not a pretty picture. But that's kind of on Gavin Newsom's watch. So the question is, why is it that Gavin Newsom has seen his approval rating go way up in recent months and then a new poll is indicating that it's actually down even further than what it was at his previous all-time high. We'll get into the numbers and see if Gavin Newsom for president might actually be hurting him more in California than helping him. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues.
You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Gavin Newsom in the spotlight here for this final segment of this hour. As we're talking Super Tuesday numbers, and it's no secret, even though last year at this time, Gavin Newsom uh, boldly declared that he would not be running for president, that he was not going, he was going to support Joe Biden. We all need to rally around the Biden-Harris ticket. And then he began to go out and basically campaign for president, placing ads in, uh, well, remember Proposition 1. A lot of the Proposition 1 advertising you saw in the People's Republic of California was paid for with Gavin Newsom campaign money after he fought off that uh, recall election. It was basically a shoe-in to win the uh, governorship once again. And so he started spending money on, yes, on Prop 1, let's enshrine abortion rights uh, in the California Constitution, which was victorious, too many Christians asleep at the switch. And then he started running ads in swing states, or swing abortion states where the heartbeat bills were showing up. Mississippi, Florida, uh, Texas, and others saying, hey, if you want to kill your kid on demand, come to California, we'll help you kill your kid. Or at least let you change their gender once they're born. Gavin Newsom has been experiencing kind of a roller coaster ride of popularity, and yet you'd be surprised to find out that he isn't nearly as popular as he would like to think. This is a guy, remember, we were telling you he was in China with Xi Jinping, uh, signing some climate change deal. He's traveled to Israel. He addressed the UN on climate change. I mean, he's being groomed by the Democrat Party as the next big thing. But it's interesting that even a UC Berkeley poll now indicates that Gavin Newsom and his rating, approval rating among Californians is at an all-time low. In February of this year, Gavin Newsom's approval rating was 55%. As of right now, it is 44%, an 11-point drop. He lost 20% of his support in California, and less than half of the state thinks he's doing a good job. Now, here's why these numbers are important, though. First, they come from UC Berkeley, where they have no reason for Gavin Newsom not to do well. Secondly, though, this is key. For all the media that talk about what a wonderful guy he is and CSN and MSNBC and CNBC and EIEIO and all those other networks that talk about how wonderful progressives and leftists are, did you know that Gavin Newsom's approval rating in January of 2021 was 46%? Do you know that his disapproval rating 
last month was 49%. So he has an approval rating of 44 and a disapproval rating of 49. But something happened after he fought off the recall effort and his, uh, his approval rating went up all the way to 55% in February of this year. But the more he's been presidentialing, as I guess the kids would say, now Gavin Newsom is something of a pariah. This is the guy who's become the national spokesperson of the party. And according to this new poll, only 45% of voters support the idea that Gavin Newsom should be gallivanting all over the country. 70% of Democrat voters approve of what he's doing, but 85% of Republicans disapprove. And if he's going to win the presidency, he can't just rely on Democrats. 20% of registered Democrats now are African-American. That's up by fourfold since Donald Trump won the election in 2016. So what do we as Californians make of all this? Well, the reality is I think if Gavin Newsom does run, he has a very strong chance of winning. But now that we're, you know, my bold prediction here today on the Bottom Line Show, it, it's going to be a Donald Trump and Nikki Haley ticket unless something strange happens uh, in, in the background. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We've got a link for this article, by the way, up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, we've still got a couple seconds left for you to call in for Ben Watson's book, Under Our Skin. We've got a copy we're giving away today. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm just go ahead and bug Crystal if you want to win something other than that. Ask and you shall receive. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. And for those who'd like me to read it slower, 1-800-227-5278. And I say that in all seriousness and sincerity because I don't want anyone to miss the phone number. Uh, for our KCBC audience, Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up next. For those who remain on the network, it's time for our monthly visit with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. From the studios of KBRT in Southern California, the flagship affiliate of The Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, host of that same program, joined for our monthly visit uh, in studio by Studio to Studio Connection with Greg Harris, who's the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org is where you find them online. Greg Harris, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, Roger. I'm imagining you sitting in the studio across from me right now, not in a remote studio, getting ready to embark on more world travel. Since the pandemic has ended and you're back on your regular uh, routine, as it were, I know you got vacation coming up, but how many miles do you log, and you and Steve and other Through the Bible members, to get done what God's called you to do? It must be a lot. Uh, 
Well, it's it's enough. You know, we're very we're careful uh, because you know it's easy to just spend your life traveling everywhere, and mm-hmm. you can have uh, you know you can have no personal life. And I don't, you know, I I don't believe that I'm called to not have. I have a family, you know, and I, I have people in my life that I care about, and I have personal friendships, and so it's a balance and and it's a challenge. But uh, you know, it typically we're now I would say you know four times a year. We try, we try to be very selective. I mean, I could literally be on a plane every two weeks. Mm. I could be on a plane every week. <laughs> I could be one of those guys that lives on one of those cruise ships and just oh, yeah. sort of stops yeah. in port, you know. Um, but I'm not sure my wife would like that. I think yeah. she enjoys our home in San Diego. You know, it's yeah, a tough sure. place to live. But Yeah, someone's got to do, do it. it. Right, yeah, yeah that's um, for sure. But yeah, we you know in the, in these past months I've been in uh, Uganda, India, Bangladesh, uh, Amsterdam. Um, I would say you know that's your life, my life, all of our lives should be a journey of discernment. Every yep. day the question is, Lord, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I think that that applies to us through the Bible. Yeah, discernment and stewardship are major issues, and of course there are so many attractive distractions, you know, that that can show up in ministry where it's like, oh, well, I have to go there. I have to go here. And one of the things that I want to get into today is the fact that as Dr. McGee says, the the idea of through the Bible, two-pronged approach. First is take the whole word to the whole world. Secondly is fling the seed and let it go where it's going to go. And one of the places that you have seen tremendous success, even before the pandemic, but during and after the pandemic has been with home groups. And I know there are a couple of areas uh, in the world in particular where you're looking at the home group growth and saying, wow, this is phenomenal. This is a total God thing. Get us up to speed on those, if you would. Yeah. Well, it all and it all started. I I often like to tell the the story because, you know, people can relate to stories about a little more than 10 years ago. I I made my first trip to India with through the Bible. Now, I'd been to India a number of times with other ministries, but uh, I met a man named George Philip, who at that time was the head of Transworld Radio India, our major partner. Mm -hmm. And we were doing radio in about 27 languages, uh, which that in itself is a huge undertaking. I mean, one, each language through the Bible is one, approximately 1,300 programs, okay? Mm. So multiply that by 27 and you have a lot, whatever the number yes. is. Yeah. Uh, you know, 30-some thousand programs being aired every day on the radio. That's, that is a massive undertaking. Well, George... George and I were sitting down in India, and and he said, Greg, we are so grateful that Through the Bible has invested for decades to reach these major language groups. I want to take it into at least 100 more languages. And Mm. I kind of scratched my head and said, well, what is that going to look like, George? And he said, (laughs) well, I I have an idea. And uh, I want to I want to take it and translate it into these smaller languages and give it out in in small groups. And I said, okay, well, what what do you want from me? And he said, I said, do you want money? And he said, no, I just want your blessing. And so I mm. did the little you know cross in the the holy water and, and <laughs> the, the sort of virtual holy water. And yeah, those hopefully I'm not offending anybody, Roger. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. but uh, you know, those people that know me know. I'm a, I'm a rather, uh, I like to have fun. And so I, I, you know, I said, sure, you're blessed. You have it, have at it. And let me know. Well, three years later in 2015, I was back in India and, uh, I started meeting some of the home group leaders and hearing the testimonies and, uh, it was incredible what Mm. was happening. And some of what you think would happen 
it was happening. What I mean by that is you're, you've got a group of people. What they do is it's not the full through the Bible 66 books. It's introducing people to systematic Bible study who've never studied the Bible that way before. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and again, Roger, we're so, you know, we're so rich and, and we're, you know, we have so much abundance of material and curriculum and study. It's hard for us to imagine if you've never experienced systematic Bible study, how revolutionizing it is to your faith. Mm-hmm. Because imagine, you know, if you're coming out of a Hindu background, and you're and you really don't have any frame of reference you don't even have the judeo-christian adam and eve you know creation story you have a completely different worldview and suddenly you meet jesus and he saves you and you know you're saved but now you have to begin to understand this this reality that god has brought you into Hmm. and 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 you don't have even a framework to understand it. And so you start dipping in and out of the Bible and you hear sermons here and there. Well, imagine the power and the and the transforming uh, work that happens when you you study the book of Luke systematically with a with a teacher like Dr. J. Vernon McGee. And imagine in your language, there's nothing. There's no Bible commentaries. There's nothing. Because some of these languages, I've been doing this for 35 years, and I've never even heard of some of these languages. So mm. that that all grew into now, we are now having these home groups in 150 languages just wow. in the country of India. Oh, my. Oh, my. That, and yeah. talk about a mission field. I mean, Craig Harris yeah. with me today here on The Bottom Line, president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. We're talking about the Through the Bible home group ministries that we're seeing in India, we're seeing in places like Nepal. And, you know, I, I appreciate, Greg, the fact that you bring it, you know, kind of break it down for us in this systematic type of way of studying this, because having had friends who've done mission work, you know, career missionaries, we're talking Bible translation and things like that. Oftentimes we think of missions here in the U.S. as short-term, go for a week or two weeks right. or a month or something like that. And, you know, you and I know they're kind of spiritual vacations, you know, it's kind of fun, yep. you know, but, but it comes down to the actual work to have to step into someone's culture, try to think the way they do, and then teach them how to think more biblically through that stuff when there's, you know, three million gods and witch doctors mm-hmm. and God knows what else that's around there. And I'm not saying that just to be sarcastic. No. Those are the real challenges that these yes. men and women are dealing with. And through the Bible meets the challenge with the basic being, of course, the Word of God, but then Dr. McGee's teaching of that Word. Yeah, it is. And, and and I think it is important. You know, some people might say, why well, you guys are just talking all about the context. Well, listen, think of your life. You live in a context. You read the Bible in a context, the way that you your family origin, the way you were raised, the way what whatever kind of church you might have been exposed to and whatever church you go to now. And you're right. There, there are literally actually more than 300 million gods in India. Mm. And so the first barrier that a, that that a Hindu has to get over is Jesus is the one, the only savior. He isn't a God. He is he is the God. You know, and and so this is why studying the Bible becomes so important. You can imagine how easily people could mix up. And we we talked about syncretism in an earlier show that we did together. You know, syncretism is just think of it like it's like uh, making a stew spiritually. It's like you throw all this stuff in and you're like, that tastes good. Well, if you're after the truth, that's not what the you know, that's not the way that that we understand truth. Okay. And so, yeah, the, the power of these home groups 
uh, is, of course, people understanding their faith. But the other cool thing that we've seen God do it, that is a little counterintuitive is they're highly evangelistic. Hmm. And you, you, when, when I started hearing about this, I thought, well, yeah, these are small group home Bible studies. We all right. know what that looks like. You know, you have a little... Uh, you get together, you have some fellowship. They, they like to sing because uh, in their culture that music is very important. So Good. there'll be some worship and singing. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, uh, then they'll, uh, they'll listen to the program. And actually what they do is they listen to a 30-minute program, but the leader, the leaders are all trained. And so there's a whole structure to train all of these leaders so that they can stop and make sure that the people understand what they just listened to. And, mm. and then, so what we found, and I can talk about other countries, but right now we're focusing on India. What we found is that they'll tell us that something upwards of a third of the people in these groups are not believers. <laughs> and imagine if you had a home group Bible study oh, yeah. in your neighborhood and a third of the people were unbelievers. How cool mm-hmm. would that be? Yeah. Well, how cool would it be? And at the same time, Greg, I'm chuckling because my initial thought was, well, you know what it's like in a home group when one couple shows up and they're new. And even if they've got a strong faith, it's like, yeah, but you're new. We don't yeah. know what, to, what quite to do with you. Rather than <laughs> saying, hey, isn't this great? God's bringing yeah. unbelievers that we don't know and they don't know him and we're, we get to be the gospel. I mean, how how cool is that? This is a great conversation. It's very encouraging. Greg Harris is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. We're talking about home groups in India and how fascinating it is that the work that Through the Bible is doing there is reaching out and impacting the lives of so many people. We'll take a quick break and come back with more of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, You know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. TTB.org is where you find them online. Of course, the Through the Bible app. And, of course, there's all things Bible bus uh, just about everywhere. You, where aren't you, Greg Harris? I mean, in terms of if I were, <laughs> if I were looking, I mean, you're in Google Play and uh, the Apple Store. And, I mean, where, where else do we uh, – Where? Yeah, you could find us on um, – through, uh, through our oneplace.com. We're on um, – uh, the the TV apps like Roku mm-hmm. and all of that you can listen. We're pretty yeah we are pretty much everywhere. I mean it's pretty. Uh, I mean we're trying and and we we have a small team as you know we run a very lean organization probably one of the leanest you're you're going to encounter. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're we're just if if we're not on a platform, we're trying. WhatsApp is a very <laughs> yes. uh, that's that that is not as well known here. And in fact, I I want us to hopefully do one of our conversations in the future on our ministry on WhatsApp. There's incredible things happening. It's actually if you mag- imagine it, it's it's like a texting app, but you can share audio files on it, so mm-hmm. you can and you can form groups and so forth. So yeah, we're. By God's grace, we're in a lot of places. I love <laughs> Spotify, it. Spotify, you know. Well, multiple platforms, but yes, again, multiple. these are different yeah. opportunities for the seed to be flung, and this is part of what we read about in Scripture, taking the whole word to the whole world. This is what it's all about, going to all the world, preach the gospel. And the fact right. that this ministry has been blessed and, uh, you know, the— yeah, I have to chuckle. We bring this up at least once when we get together. Uh, Dr. McGee's final words, or among his final words of, you know, keep playing the tapes until the money runs out, and to see how God continues to, st- to, to pile up in the storehouse enough of the material means to get the production done, you know, to get the, you know, the partnerships yeah. that show up, and the fact that you're in India and with these home groups, and of course, this is, it's moving into other parts of the region as well. Talk about how that, the Indian influence is actually, you know, having an influence in other countries. Well, we're, we're so excited because, and I always say this, even though I, I credit this gentleman named George Phillip, who uh, used to serve as CEO of TWR India, actually retired and he now works for Through the Bible. How about nice. that? Nice. How wonderful. Um, and his passion, he, he was the human agent of the home groups. But like I always like to say, the home groups are a Holy Spirit uh inspired idea you know the holy spirit is the author of home groups if you read the book of acts you're you kind of can see the holy spirit created home groups and we've just sort of organized what the spirit is doing well what the spirit was doing is take taking that interest in in the home groups into countries like bangladesh and steve schwetz and i uh Steve is the chairman of our board and the host of our English main flagship program that airs on Crawford all over the place, Monday through Friday. And Steve and I, uh, a few months ago, went to India and Bangladesh, and they have over 4,000 of these groups meeting in Bangladesh now, mm. which is something else. Because Incredible. that is, it, Bangladesh is a huge country. I, I've, it's one of the mo- top 10 most populous countries in the world. Most wow. people are shocked to hear that. I think it's, I forget the exact number. I think it's about 160 million people mm. in Bangladesh, 98% uh, Muslim background. Mm. Mm-hmm. And here God has given us the chance to have of uh, 4,000 of these home groups. Wow. That's really, it's really special to think about those kind of numbers and think about that kind of influence because as we were talking about a, in an earlier conversation, the factor of how many people get involved in a home group, and then how many people are they able to reach because they're talking to friends, they're talking to coworkers, they're talking to family. And oftentimes here in the States, our Western concept of the family is there's a mom and a dad and a couple of kids. And maybe one of the kids gets married and then they have a kid or two. And so that's kind of your reach, that's kind of your home network. But when you talked about that one young man who said, there's at least 96 people you yeah. know, that, that I've yep. had interaction with, we begin to realize that 
this isn't just a factor of one person reaching 10. It's one person reaching 100 who then reach 100 who then, I mean, it, the, it, it only takes a spark. You remember that song? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think and, I learned that on the guitar when I was Yes, 13. right. Of course. You know, we were all sitting around the beach bonfires yeah, and whatever. Exactly, yeah. You know, but, uh, but, it, but it's true. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. such a, it's a simple concept. It's not necessarily easy to do because of cultural differences, languages, politics, things of that nature. But yes. this is a simple message, and it's a simple delivery mechanism. Well, and you've just pointed out something very important. We, we talked earlier about uh, context and how you all ministry has to recognize, you know, whenever you do ministry, you have to understand the context of the people that mm-hmm. you're, you know, the culture, even in this country, you know, you you just move from one state to another, right? And mm-hmm. you're, it's a different culture. And, yep. and this is, this is what we encounter. These are mostly in South Asia in particular, very communal cultures. Like you said, it's not just a mom, dad, and two kids, 2.4 kids and a dog. It's, it's aunts and grandmothers and grandfathers and cousins. And and so the lovely thing about flinging the seed is that when it takes root, that it, it almost always begins to impact a large group of people around them. And, and people are interested in uh, joining these home groups because they they're communal. And mm-hmm. so the, the, again, here in the States, we're individualistic, you know, somebody invites you to something, you're suspicious, you know, is this a multi-level marketing thing or is it some weird church? But it, here in South Asia, what, what where we're thinking about, you know, when someone says, we have this, a lovely radio program we love to listen to, and it's really interesting. I think you'll like it. Would you like to join our group? And they say, yes. Um, and I'll give you a, an example. When Steve and I were in Bangladesh, they took us out into the country and we, we actually sat in, in a couple of these home group meetings. This was mm, such a cool experience. Fun. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, and these were kind of what you'd imagine, very a poor setting, corrugated roof, you know, uh, one mm-hmm, single light mm-hmm. bulb hanging from the ceiling. And uh, this one group we met with, they literally, if you imagine like a, a big California King bed, like a big <laughs> platform bed, there yeah. were about seven people just sitting cross-legged on that bed with this media player. And this young man was leading the group. And, uh, and you know, he would play it uh, through the Bible. And uh, this is, would be in the Bangla language for mm-hmm. Bangladesh or sometimes called Muslimi Bengali. And uh, he would play it for a few minutes. He'd stop and he'd ask, he'd say, do you understand what you're reading? And he'd explain it. And then he'd play it again. And then we we also had time to pray. And these people, you know, one of the things, Roger, that I have found all my travels have done for me is, I don't know about you, but we tend to dehumanize people halfway across the world. Like Mm -hmm. they're not real people. Uh, Like, you know, uh, oh, well, their lives are not like ours. These people, when they shared their prayer requests, they were literally weeping. You Mm. know, they had family concerns. Gee, do you have any family concerns? (laughs) I certainly do. And, and it just made me realize we are all human and we all have the same human experiences. And these home groups make, make the Bible very, very real and I, there was a grandmother that had a little grandson and he had, we didn't get the translation quite fully, but they asked me, would you pray for this little boy? He's sick 
It's, he's got a chronic sickness. And the grandmother, again, was weeping as she asked us to pray. And so we prayed for that little boy. And, you know, this is the Word of God at work. This is the Spirit of God at work. This is ministry really happening. And it's happening in tens of thousands of groups using the simple teaching of Dr. McGee and through the Bible. Greg Harris is the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, or the Through the Bible app. We encourage you to tune in to Through the Bible. Of course, each and every weekday, it's heard on every Crawford Broadcasting Station in the chain, and a couple of times a day, especially here at our flagship affiliate, KBRT, which I know uh, the KBRT audience, Greg, loves Dr. McGee's teaching, loves the ministry of Through the Bible, really appreciates. Also, our Denver audience loves our conversations. Yes. Um, what the rest of this year looks like for the ministry of Through the Bible in terms of, you know, just some of the things that you have in place and what you're hoping to see God do. I mean, obviously, you don't put expectations on him, but you get led into certain areas and you're thinking, well, he could do this here. Yeah. Well, we are we are excited about... Um, we're making plans to move uh, a lot of our non-English languages onto YouTube. You, you mm. might be surprised that there, we have a number of them. But uh, as we talked about earlier, every time we say a language, uh, it, it's 1,330 minute programs. That is a wow. massive amount of content. And so when you say we have 130 some languages with the full five-year cycle that is a couple that's a hundred thousand plus programs and mm. so we are we're working on that's one major thing that the lord is beginning to open a door to which is get get our a simple you know won't be real it won't be video but it'll be a simple uh, picture or some sort sure. of something with the audio we've seen we have evidence that people really enjoy listening on youtube so mm -hmm. that's one thing another thing is the bible app you version which a lot of people don't know the name but if you have that little red app that says holy bible there are there have been over a half of a billion installs of that app around the world wow yeah it's it's the world's biggest bible app and i've met many people and say do you know you version they say no and i say show me your phone do you have the bible and they say yes so if you have that little red icon that says holy bible which many many millions of us do we have a great relationship with them and i just had a meeting with them uh, we we have put uh, 12 of our languages on their platform, plus some of the English, the, the short form English that we've done. And we've had 1.7 million subscriptions, which means basically, hmm. if you think each book of the Bible is like a, a plan, a reading plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had almost 600,000 completions, which that's amazing when Incredible. people sign up and actually complete the plan. Well, we just had a meeting to talk about adding 55, eventually, it's going to take a couple of years, but 55 new languages onto mm. the Uversion platform. Love it. Love it. I, you know, it, it is so encouraging and, uh, I, and I pray God gives you many, many more great years of ministry, Greg Harris, because just as I've known you and, and especially you and I, you, your, our careers here in terms of where you are through the Bible with Crawford and the Bottom Line Show, we kind of started about the same time doing yeah, what they we're did. currently yep. doing. And so yep. that dovetailing, it's been so exciting to see the exponential growth that you have experienced, that, well, the ministry has, yep. and to know that we're playing a small part, you know, in, in helping to advance that. 
uh, is it well just it's gratifying and uh, couldn't happen to a nicer organization and uh, I'm very grateful that we have these opportunities to kind of get caught up and and it doesn't feel like you're bragging at all when you're rattling off those numbers yeah. you're a numbers guy I am too but that's just how we in this finite world measure things and uh, it's just amazing to well see thank this you Roger and it is not it is it is boasting in the Lord um, yes. we are we be, part of our 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 model is a little bit as we we often talk about we don't do fundraising, so it's a little bit like Elijah having them pour water all over the altar, and, <laughs> and it's it's a strategy that forces God to show up. Yeah. And if He doesn't show up, the altar remains soaked, and there's no fire. And right. so the 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 very model of this ministry uh, that Dr. McGee built, and all we're doing is trying to just build on it and and, and honor the values and the principles. Yeah, there's it's very little to brag about, um, and we're just too busy having fun to think <laughs> about bragging, and because yeah. it's such a it, it's such a joy to watch God open these doors and and know that we didn't open them. And as Steve and I like to say on our flagship program, on those dialogues that we have, we're just not that smart, you know, <laughs> and, and we love that. You know, it's like, great. We don't have to be smart. The Lord is plenty smart for all yeah. of us. Amen and amen. And I could just hear Dr. McGee now saying, is your God asleep? Maybe he's relieving himself, you know, when you do the whole thing with the water. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I could hear that teaching. Greg, yep. Greg Harris, it's always a pleasure. The time goes by much too quickly. We'll have to do this again next month. Greg, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is where we get these monthly updates from our friends at Through the Bible. Greg, always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. It's a joy. Thanks, Roger. Always great to get our uh, conversation in each month with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is the place where you'll find them online. Sign up for the World Prayer Team. Get those monthly, uh, those daily emails, excuse me. And also, why not consider making a donation in support of the ministry of Through the Bible? They don't have a fundraising department. They don't ask for money. And yet God has continued to bless them so richly over the years. 865-BIBLE is the number to call to make a donation. 865-B-I-B-L-E. Uh, stand with through the Bible, especially as they take the whole word to the whole world. And during these strategic times, it's important that we in the body of Christ do the same thing. Take the word of God and the good news of the gospel to people who need to hear it. That's good news, and that's the bottom line.